0: Gentlemen, welcome to Nobody is Shiftier because, in fact, nobody is Shiftier than the Shifty Hippo. Guys, I, my apologies. I want to start off this week and tell you guys about a fear that I have, and it's a very ongoing fear. I just ate something microwavable for the first time, like one of those TV dinner type style deals for the first time since I had my procedure uh, a little over a month or now actually about a month ago, it's a little bit less than a month. um, I came home with the intent of eating some, uh, some leftover chicken. But as I was starting to pull the chicken a little bit, it, it smelled a little bit funny to me. Now my wife is the person to deem whether this chicken is good or not. That's not for me to decide, but I just took a sniff, and it didn't seem quite right, so I said, well, I can't have the chicken. We got a little bit of turkey, but problem is, and you can call me a baby, that's fine. It's just dark meat that's left. I just don't really like the dark meat. I, I can't do it. Call me a baby, it's fine. I get it. I wish I could overcome it, too. There's times when I'm looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, you are less of a man, because you won't just simply man up and eat the dark meat. But my problem still stands. I won't eat the dark meat. So then I turn to well, what else do I have? And I've got this. Uh, I've got like a um, well, fuck, well, a chunky soup. That's the one where it's you know a whole bunch of beef and it's it's macaroni pasta, but it's not like a mac and cheese, which that's that's a big win there because apparently cheese is like a real downfall for me right now. And I thought about it, and I'm like, ah, I've had this shrimp scampi thing in my freezer since uh, at post-ER visit, but prior to my procedure being done. So I'm like, this looks like something I could probably eat. Well, I gave it a shot tonight, and nothing bad has happened yet. But I mean, I literally just finished eating about 10 minutes ago or so. I have no idea how this is going to turn out. That is my fear. Somewhere during this recording, I might very well say, guys, I apologize. I have to go shit right now. And guess what? The bathroom might be in mic shot. So you guys might end up having to hear that and listen to that. And that's terrible. And I'm sure Zach won't make you listen to all of it. But I'm sure he'll make you listen to some of it. I got no work around. I can't control what Zach does in the editing. I'm really hoping that's not the case. Hopefully it sits well in my belly and everything goes well, or at least well enough. Maybe, you know, there, there's something that's less than perfect along the lines. I don't know. But I, I'm i not enjoying this feeling that I now have, or even though I've eaten, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, happy belly, happy belly. I'm still sitting here like, Fuck. How bad might this end up being? Because like every time that I feel a movement at this point, it scares me. It frightens me. For 30 years, everything was one way. And then all of a sudden, one day, it's just not. I'm like, ah. So mixing it up and trying something different tonight, probably not for the best. But we went for it, and I left the shrimp alone. I'm going to be honest. I had one little piece of the shrimp because that shit was clear. I don't want clear shrimp. That that no, no, that's that's not the color of shrimp. I think that's not shrimp. But I had the linguini. It was pretty good. Good up. I'm going to be honest. The linguini was pretty good. Noodles were a little harder than I'd prefer, but it's fine. And I had a bunch of crackers. I'm telling you, crackers and peanuts have become, like, my digestive helpers. They're, like, you know how Santa's got all the elves around the workshop just ready at any given time to put their fucking life on the line for Santa? Like, there's times when he's like, guys, somebody needs to go out and get Santa a, a gallon of milk right now. There are, like, six elves fighting each other to go out and be the honored elf to go get Santa his gallon of milk. And then there's always that one one upper that's over there. His name's probably something like Fig. He just goes and he picks up like six gallons, shows up all the other elves. Everybody hates Fig. I actually lost my train of thought here. <laughs> I, don't, I, I forgot how I was relating that back to myself. It <laughs> doesn't matter, guys. All right. So we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit of sports here. Just know that I'm terrified. We're going to start with a little bit of soccer. Um, for those of you who have not gotten a chance to see this World Cup, granted, I will be honest, I will be the first person to tell you that I myself have never been fully involved in any soccer. I will occasionally watch some La Liga just because the Spanish Premier League is really good. Like it's You don't see soccer better than that in most places. You will catch that now and again in... Uh, some of the other leagues. The English Premier League is pretty good. The uh, the German leagues are pretty solid. France is pretty good. Um, I, here's the funny thing. I know that Brazil is like time and time again, usually one of the top countries in the world for soccer. Does South America even have a good team as far as like a, an actual league play team? Or do they just export all their good players over to Europe for They're great teams. Is that how that works? Because I I can't think of like a Brazil FC, you know, that's out here ruining everybody's lives or like several great teams from Brazil. I feel like they got to all be playing in Europe, right? Just, Just a thought. Point of it being is that I don't watch a whole lot of soccer, but obviously kind of the same way with the Olympics. You get yourself into something because, You can, for lack of a better way to put it, you can wrap the flag around yourself in it and just be like, "Yay, USA, USA. And it's dumb and it's what we do and it's fun. It's a blast and it's still stupid, but it's been a good time. And, you know, pretty much my whole life, as far as me noticing that soccer exists, I don't recall the U.S. ever getting out of the world or the, uh, the group stage. In the World Cup. And granted, I'm sure that they have. I actually, if I'm not mistaken, I heard like 94 they had gotten out, which I was three. Um, They they might have done it since then as well. I, I don't have anything off the top of my head, but this has been really cool. I, I haven't really gotten to tomorrow is going to be the first time that I actually get to f- watch a full game. I missed out Wales entirely. Uh, caught the highlights on it seemed like we dominated the first half, and then the second half we started trying to just play defense, which you, you can't just play defense for a half. It doesn't work that way. And against England, we outplayed England. And I watched the highlight on it. I agree with everything that I heard about it. It looks like we significantly outplayed England. zero zero 0 draw because soccer, which, again, that's why oftentimes I don't really watch a whole lot of soccer because if one team plays really well, and hell even if both teams play well i don't want the game to end up being 0 to 0 that just that's very unsatisfying i love a defensive struggle in football like you can give me a really good 17-13 game and i'm in on it i'm like wow those defenses are so good but if it's not that if it's 17-13 because it's like the pats and the bears prior to justin fields getting better i i don't want to watch that like that jets pats game a few weeks back Terrible watch, and the defenses were great. I I will commend the defenses; they were a blast to watch. But I could only value it so much considering the opposition of the offenses that were playing on the field. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> of course they had a ten to three game where it was decided by a stupid punt return. I mean, that's that's what bad offense looks like. That's kind of what zero zero feels like to me in soccer so i didn't really love that one but then moving over to the game against iran we were able to get a goal just in the beginning of the second half christian pulisic who has been just awesome for us i mean he's really the the unfortunate part is that he's the only guy that we have as a go-to scorer there's nobody else as far as i've noticed anyway there are guys that are set up guys we have actually a pretty damn good defensive squad there the center backs are good the all all four of the backs pretty good midfielders solid we don't really have a striker and the only we only have one guy that scores it's like well (laughs) eh, it's going to be problematic when you play some of these other teams who are loaded with guys that can score and just teams that are more well-rounded than us too but this is still fun. I don't anticipate that the U.S. wins this thing. But, of course, we're going to be behind them because USA, USA, right? I got to watch the second half of Iran, or most of, I should say. I watched the last 40 minutes of it. So, I, like, just missed the uh, the goal from Polisic, Dude, I, I don't know the last time I had that kind of anxiety watching a sporting event as far as just, like, hanging on. Because in a one nothing soccer game where you have to win and then there's just time left, and dear God, when we made the subs and just put in more defenders, we, we had somewhere, it must have been roughly the 70th minute where we had subs coming on. And traditionally what you want to do is you want to sub either guys that you want to preserve for the next game or you're trying to sub in for something from a skill position standpoint based on what your team needs are. We subbed in three more defenders. (laughs) We just grabbed all defense and threw it out there. And it was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. We are not trying to score at all right now. And, yeah, that's what it looked like. It was Iran just battering us with balls for a a while. They had one that just just went over the, uh, the top crossbar. They had another one. They had a beautiful header just wide and it was like oh there was one where I don't remember exactly how this got here but it beat Turner our, our keeper beat him entirely where it was just sitting on the ground behind him and I don't remember what led to that but I just remember just oh I almost lost my shit it was terrifying but that was what I have for an experience thus far physically watching live our world cup team tomorrow. I will watch the entirety of the game against Netherlands. It is before I go to work. So I'm excited for that. I don't feel great about our chances. However, I don't feel that this is a game where we are just doomed to lose. This isn't, I mean, honestly, for how well we played England, this team's not as good as England. This isn't like playing Brazil. This isn't Portugal where you have to worry about Ronaldo. This, this isn't uh, Argentina where you got to worry about Messi. This isn't one of these squads like Spain and France that have so many guys. It's it's not that. It's the Netherlands. They're, they're solid. They're a good team. They're better than we are. But we have a chance. So I, I'm excited to watch that one. For the first time in my life, I am excited to watch a soccer game at 10 a.m. tomorrow. How about that? All right, guys. Next note I want to get into real quick before we talk some actual real-life American football. I apologize, by the way. I don't know if this is a reaction from the food that I ate or what's going on, but apparently uh, I have to clear my throat a lot today. So the NBA, I don't have a lot of notes here. I honestly have not been able to watch a whole ton of NBA I will say, holy shit, holy shit, the Boston Celtics are doing things that nobody's done, like, ever. They, uh, for the first time since the 60s, have scored 130 points in three straight games. Their offensive efficiency ratings are higher than, like, think of, like, some of the Warrior teams with KD on them or even the one before KD, and think of, like, the, the Heatles. Yeah, they're doing more offensively right now than those teams. That's fucking terrifying. So the Celtics, uh, whatever Jalen or uh, Jason Tatum's offseason looked like, it's better. Um, I didn't know that he was going to get a lot better after, you know, how good he has been the last, you know, two, three years. I thought that we were approaching the ceiling. Uh, It appears that he has broken that ceiling and he is now uh, approaching a new ceiling. This uh, this one means that he can dribble the ball and like get his own shot without, you know, just simply pulling up from somewhere and shooting it. Uh yeah, this is this is pretty scary. I don't I don't think that I really like this version of Jason Tatum because that pretty much ruins uh well, the heat. Speaking of the heat, I did just want to mention they have at least climbed back to just a couple of games outside of 500. They're like a game and a half out of the fifth seed even though they're the 11th seed. So they're in the mix. That makes me happy. There's still a lot of people telling me the Heat are a play-in team, and I honestly feel like the Heat are better than that. Even without Jimmy Butler here, Bam Adebayo has been playing really well. Tyler Hero's, it's, it's been kind of a switch off. Tyler Hero scores one night and then Max Struce the next. I don't really know exactly what's going on with that. I'd like to see a little bit more consistency out of both of them because when one of them's on, the other one scores like five points. I'm not really into that. They need to figure out like a nice 20 and 18 system, but whatever the case may be, They are making some things happen with Jimmy Butler still sidelined for the most part. Um, I mean, Jimmy Butler has a beat-down body. I'm expecting that he, for the most part, is pretty much going to buy his time up until playoff time, and then we get to see playoff Jimmy. I'm sure that we're going to see him. I don't think it's going to be that Jimmy's going to sit out all regular season. But I do think that Jimmy's going to take a little bit extra breaks this year. And you got to hope that the young talent just progresses enough. And I'd really like to see a little bit more out of that young talent. I don't like the Tyler heroes game doesn't appear to be getting any better because Tyler hero, although is somebody that's in the consideration of six man of the year kind of category and is definitely an offensive weapon. I'd like to see his game evolve a little bit more because I think that that's where his next step for success is clearly he can shoot the ball. Clearly he knows how to score. Let's see him do other things, and let's see him score more consistently. Max Drews, I mean, he's he's still somebody that has plenty of room for growth. Good defender, not elite, but a very good defender. And he has nights when he's hot shooting. But again, the consistency in that shooting is the thing that I'm lacking from him. Those two specifically, I really would like to see take it up a notch. And I'd like to see guys like Caleb Martin get a little bit more involved in the offense, And uh, Gabe Vincent, I'd like to see him get a little bit more involved because you got some aging guys on the way out here. I mean, Jimmy has a few years left. Kyle Lowry, I don't really know that he's got anything beyond this year left for you. And frankly, I'm not even sure that they should have kept him for this year. I think they should have already been trying to move him if they're not already shopping him. The Lakers, conversely, are really not so much conversely. Also, Climbing back they're they're about three games out of 500 right now. They're six and four in their last 10. LeBron's come back and you know, I I didn't want to say anything earlier in the year. He was showing signs of slowing down early on in the year where he was all of a sudden just putting up like 20 and 18 a night. I didn't like that. Shooting efficiency has been down. He seems to not want to go to the rim as much. I don't like those signs. But he's picked some things up since coming back from his most recent injury, the the adductor strain. He has come out here and he's putting up some thirty point nights. He had thirty nine in a loss against a bad loss against the Pacers, where they were up seventeen points in the fourth quarter and blew it. But I am happy with what I've seen out of the Lakers over the last couple of weeks, it's not something where I think that they're now all of a sudden a championship contending team. I don't think that that's them. Anthony Davis has obviously played very well, uh, especially in the absence of LeBron. He was averaging like 33 and a half and 17 (laughs) It's crazy, but I am happy that the Lakers are doing something. I'm going to leave it at that because I'm not going to put any type of emphasis on what I expect from this team moving forward, what I think this team might become. Uh, Nothing. I got nothing for you there. I'm just happy that it's better than it was. (laughs) Going to take a little sip here and we're going to move over to American football. All right, guys. So we're going to move over here. We're going to talk a little bit about last week. We're going to talk a little about the week to come. For those of you who did not get to watch the Thanksgiving Day games, you missed out. Buffalo-Detroit was a fucking blast. That was something. It was back and forth, twenty five to 28-25 ending. Detroit takes a late lead, and then Buffalo gets an, gets an even later lead that they end up hanging on to. Just so much fun. For one... Amon St. Brown, I'm telling you this right now, if anybody hasn't noticed, this guy's the number one receiver. I, I know that a lot of people have already made that claim. I'm not the first to this party. But dude can play. He's If he's not going to be stuck in Detroit forever, somebody's going to be bringing in a mass weapon in that guy because he runs routes, he catches balls, he makes stuff happen after he catches the, the pass. That guy is really, really good. Additionally, in that particular showing, well, Josh Allen, it wasn't his best, but he had some plays. You can see that there's a little bit of discomfort in his throwing motion. And you even saw a little bit of that last night in his game against New England. But I I have faith that Buffalo is going to work that out. I, I just can't imagine that this team that started off on such a war path is going to just kind of fade into a they're a good team, but they can't do anything with it. I gotta think that they do something, even if that means towards the end of the year. Say, for example, the the problem is is with Miami right there with them, and God forbid they lose to the Jets in their second matchup with them. If they got two teams that are right on them with tiebreakers, Buffalo's not gonna be able to sit Josh Allen, but I would really like to see them be able to just let him rest for a week so that he can come back with a a nice healthy arm and on top of that maybe just a clear head because he he didn't make any dumb mistakes last night against new england but he's made some really bad plays recently last night i'm not going to really talk about that fumble because i'm not going to say that that was something that was on him i mean he got strip sacked from behind i mean well nobody in the NFL is they there like, ha-ha, expected it and ducking it. Like, that shit doesn't happen. It only happens to Mike Vick. Not blaming him on that one. But Josh Allen has made a lot of mistakable throws over the course of the last month, and I really want to see that get corrected. And I think that a week off would actually give him a nice break for presence of mind. Just with the two teams hot on their trail, I don't know that they got a chance for that. Giants-Cowboys game was fun. I mean, it was pretty much what we expected. Thank you, Giants, by the way, for the backdoor cover. I had them plus nine, and they were able to – or plus nine and a half. And they were able to only lose by eight, so that was a win. New England, Minnesota, probably the funnest – I don't know. Buffalo, Detroit was fun, too. New England, Minnesota was a blast, though, and it really threw me off because New England has a top three, four defense. It's uh, We'll call it top four. Top four defense in the NFL. Minnesota was moving the ball on them. New England, additionally, has like a bottom four offense in the NFL. And they were moving the ball up and down the field, too. It didn't make any sense. And granted, we got to see New England revert back to New England offense last night against Buffalo, but against Minnesota, they really moved the ball well. It was exciting. It was a good time. Uh, Minnesota won that game, obviously, 33-26. I'm going back a week for those scores at this point. Uh, Carolina Denver, the only thing I gotta say is I'm not betting Denver anymore. That that did it for me. Now the only team that I would bet them against is Houston. And they've already played Houston this year, so I don't have to worry about that. I will bet against Denver every game from here on out this season. Tampa Cleveland, that's a bad loss for Tampa. Look, Atlanta's still just a game behind you. Uh, and it it, it, think of it this way this division, everybody is within two games. Of the box right now. You know how shitty that is? You're five and six. You're winning the division, but are you? It's, <laughs> it's just that's a bad loss. You had the ball in overtime. You got to make it happen then. Just a really disappointing showing from Tampa. Baltimore, Jacksonville. Look, Baltimore until they get weapons, I just don't believe in them as a championship contending roster. Frankly, it's just a Lamar show. And if that monster Mike or uh, Mark Andrews isn't able to haul in a ball with three defenders around him, then that's it. That's what this offense can provide. It's it's just disappointing. And Jacksonville, you know, they're not the Jacksonville we've typically seen over the course of the last 20 years. That's usually like four and 12 this is a Jacksonville team. That's, you know, like a six team Jacksonville team, and it can move the ball. So Ravens with a bad loss there, good win for the Jags. And uh, I mean, that's about it for that game. It was disappointing to see Justin Tucker actually miss a field goal at the end of a game. I believe it was at 67 yards and it damn near went in anyway, but I digress. We move over to Houston, Miami. Look, this is all about just how fun Miami looks. The only real problem that I see here, uh, Armstead, their left tackle, got hurt in the first half. They come into the second half. They didn't score another point. I know that they started putting in some backups here and there. They stopped trying to run up the score. I, I still didn't love it. I would have liked to seen a little bit more there just in the second half because I really think that Miami's a top five team in the league right now. I don't like when you're playing the worst team in the league and you you give up 15 straight. I didn't like that, but Miami hangs on. They get the win. Very, very good football team. I can't wait for their matchup this week. Chicago and the Jets. Uh <laughs> look, my Mike White, it's not the answer, but it's It's enough to get you more wins than you were just getting with Zach Wilson. I'm happy to see it because the Jets honestly have such a good defense that it's going to be disappointing if this team doesn't make the postseason. But, I mean, let's be real. It's Mike White. You didn't find a gem. It's a guy that's been around. He'll throw like eight picks in the next couple of games. And then it'll be Zach Wilson back out there for a week. And then Joe Flacco finish out the year. It is what it is. But good win nonetheless against a, uh, well, uh, maybe not the best of wins. It was against a very porous Chicago team, Cincinnati, Tennessee, uh, Cincinnati's beginning to do the thing where they're, they're looking better than I thought they would be this year. I've had them as a nine and eight team all season, They have won three straight now. And I do believe that maybe I was a little bit wrong about Cincinnati. And additionally, if Baltimore doesn't get their shit together, Cincinnati's going to win this division Uh, for Tennessee. I don't think that there's anything that you would say is wrong with this team. I don't think of Tennessee as a championship contending team. Anyway, I think of them as somebody that's going to obviously run away by Derek Henry's legs himself through the NFC or the AFC South. And they'll, they might win a playoff game. They might not. It's, it's Tennessee. There, there's no real threat of offense there. It's just Derrick Henry. Atlanta, Washington. Look, I don't know when Atlanta's going to start doing what I think they're going to do. Um, I don't know. There's probably some of you in the audience here who've had this type of team. For me, it's been Atlanta, Minnesota, and it was Houston when Deshaun Watson was there. Minnesota, I've got a better grasp on now. Atlanta is still this team for me since the goddamn Super Bowl they went to and lost because, you know, Brady. I have thought that they would be a certain something every week that they are not. I think on weeks that I feel they're going to win, they lose. When I think they're going to lose, they win. I don't get it. They just do the opposite of whatever the fuck I think they're going to do. So I think I'm done putting, (laughs) I say I'm done putting money on Atlanta I put money on Atlanta for this week damn it fell for it again <laughs> but I really thought they were going to beat Washington I, I thought that Washington was doing a little bit of a apparition of what they think they are and they're not really that and I still don't think that Washington's as good as they have looked over the last few weeks I think this is the best that we see out of Washington all year <sighs> I really thought Atlanta was going to win this damn game. I also had the over. Whoops. So it, that that's my synopsis of this game. I have nothing to break down. Just simply Atlanta won't do what the fuck I want them to do. Chargers and Cardinals. Chargers win. I, I would say it that way. That would be the way that I would phrase it. I, the Chargers are a better team than they are playing like, and it's pissing me off because what they did against the Chiefs just a week ago before that they damn near beat the chiefs and in week two or whatever, when they played them the last time they damn near beat the chiefs. So I, I don't understand how it is that this team can play so well against Kansas city. And I get it. It's a division rival, but it's Kansas city. Like we're not talking about this, whatever team we're talking about the best team in football. They played that tightly with them. And then they sneak one out against Arizona with a two point conversion. Ah. I don't like that. Like they, they should be better than that. Oh, Vegas, Seattle. Oh, ah, this one's brutal. I have a joke about this one, but I've used it twice in the last two days and I don't want to use it again. So I'm not going to give this one out here. If you really want my, my joke about this game, Go rewatch the live from breaking down the tape last night. I dished it out there. Now, in all seriousness, though, I mean, Josh Jacobs, Jesus Christ, man. The guy just lit me up. Uh, There was no stopping this dude. And I understand that that 86-yard run at the end, that piles on. But prior to that, the guy had 140 yards plus and whatever the hell he caught for, which was like another 80, 90 yards, something like that. I mean, this one was a bad loss for Seattle. It makes them six and five. And now with Washington being in the picture, you're now a game down from the Giants who you do have a tiebreaker on. You're down technically half a game with Washington. I don't know where the tiebreaker lies between those two teams, but this should have been an easy win against a Raiders team that now has what, four wins, three wins, four wins. I think it's four. I'm not sure. Um. See, Seattle really could have used this one. Now we go to the Rams, which even though it is the Rams, uh, you know, this iteration of the Rams. Yeah, they have played very poorly. But I seem to recall, at least from a franchise standpoint, there being terrible Rams teams that have upset Russell Wilson playoff Seahawk teams in the regular season. I don't like going to the Rams right now. Doesn't make me feel great. Then after that, we got Carolina. I love that. And then after that, we got a Thursday nighter against San Fran, luckily in Seattle, but I still don't love that. And then we go to Kansas City before we finish out the year against the Jets and the Rams at home. So in all seriousness, we should win every game with the exception of the Niners and the Chiefs. If that's the case, that makes us a 10-7 and 7 team. I feel good that if we're 10-7, and 7, we're a playoff team. But say, for example, the Jets come to Seattle and they ruin shit. If we drop the ball in one of these Rams games, if we totally fuck up and lose to the Panthers... I don't like that. Like, I don't like being in this spot. Winning that game against the Raiders would have made me feel so much better. If we were seven and four instead of six and five right now, we'd be even with the Giants, have the tiebreaker on them, and we would technically have a better record than Washington at seven and five. And we would have likely gone on to be eight and four this week. Would have felt a lot better about that. Not into this whole six and five thing. Bad loss. Uh, Gino threw one pick, but there was a second one that honestly, even though it was not an interception, it was a very interceptable ball. And luckily, that got overturned. But even after that, I mean, we still only got three points out of it. And that has been one problem that the Seahawks have had. We haven't been phenomenal in the red zone. I'd like to see a little bit more work with DK Metcalf there, specifically considering the size that we have with him. And it's not just as a Seahawks fan thing to do where I'm just going, oh, DK Metcalf, you got to use him just because, I mean, look at him. He's a freak. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I think he would be a phenomenal red zone target, similar to that of like Julio Jones when he was in his prime. I'd really like to see Seattle utilize him that way, but it seems like we're struggling to really make anything happen in the red zone. And that's going to be problematic. It seems like if Kenneth Walker's not running it in, then we just haven't had a thing for it. By the way, um, I haven't looked into this. Anybody know what the hell happened with Rashad Penny? I knew he got hurt, but I, forever? <laughs> like I, I was kind of expecting a one-two punch at some point, And instead I just keep seeing DJ Dallas and Travis Homer. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I do like them as our, you know, third and fourth running back they're very good for that but where the hell is penny i i honestly don't know i'm gonna have to look into this because i when this first happened i was like okay cool we'll see what kenneth walker can do and then we got into kenneth walker because it was like holy shit he's good and then everybody kind of forgot about rashad penny and now i'm like wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute shouldn't we have a second running back who's also kind of good (laughs) um more to be seen i guess the Rams-Chiefs game, I mean, I think the Chiefs slept walk through that one. They kind of just mailed it in and scored 26, which was enough to beat the Rams by 16 points. We'll call it what it is. I, I don't think they looked into that game very seriously at all. Uh, they got a hell of a matchup coming up here, too, that I'm excited for. New Orleans-San Francisco. Um I think the Niners actually do have the best defense in the league? Never mind. I've been saying all year. I, well, really, I had been saying the Jets and the Pats look like the best two defenses in the league, and then statistically, Denver has been. And so I kind of was like, ah, maybe I guess it's Denver and the Jets, and then the Pats. Now that the Niners' defense is healthy, um, yeah, no, they're they're better than all of them. It's the Niners, and then I, I'm gonna slot the Jets too. I really think the Jets have a better defense than the Pats, and uh, I'm. You know what? Suck it, Denver. Your defense isn't even top four anymore. I'll figure out who's fourth. You're fifth now. Green Bay, Philly. Um, Yeah, I don't really know what to make of that one. 363 rushing yards for the Eagles. Not a franchise record, believe it or not. They, uh, They were able to do that in I believe it was the early 60s. But looking at this, I mean... I'd like to see Jalen Hurts get back into more of a of a throwing, uh, strong game, pass heavy at times because there was a real link up with him and A.J. Brown earlier this year that seems to have dissipated a little bit. I want to see them get back to that because I really think that running the ball as much as they have is taken away a little bit from what this team has as far as talents beyond what is the the basic and obvious talent that they have. Obviously, this team can run. They have a mobile quarterback. They have guys that can run the ball in the backfield. And yeah, of course, every team at this point has a guy you can do a jet sweep with. The Eagles got a couple of those too. So they have all that as clear and obvious things. What really makes the Eagles that much better than so many of the other teams in the the NFC is when they are able to stretch the field by putting the ball downfield. And there seems to be a real-life link up Between Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, double coverage, no problem. Where did that all go? (laughs) I want to see it again because I really liked that Eagles team that was undefeated, and since their loss to Washington, they just haven't looked like the same team. So I I know that they go through and do all that, but, I mean, 40 points looks cool on paper. 363 rushing yards looks cool on paper. I want to see some more passing out of that team. It's what I think truly separates them from the other teams in the NFC right now is what they can do to be different than just what they are supposed to be good at. I think they're good at both facets of the game offensively, and I want to see that become more to fruition. And we got Pittsburgh Indy. Uh, all I'm going to say about that one, thank you for the cover, Pittsburgh, because I was having a bad betting week. We're going to move over to week 13. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We talked a little bit about Buffalo, New England already. We're going to move forward here. We got Pittsburgh at Atlanta, <laughs> and after making a claim and then immediately retracting it, yes, uh, one of my money bets this week: Pittsburgh minus one in Atlanta. Pittsburgh plays a significantly better team version of the game for some reason when TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick are both playing. So I understand why Pittsburgh's favored here. Najee Harris has been cleared as healthy. He's good to go this week. I still like Atlanta at home here. Atlanta's fighting for a division. Pittsburgh ain't fighting for shit. I've heard i heard a Pittsburgh fan at my job today telling me, no, we're not dead yet. Like You are. Think about this. In the AFC, you have Buffalo and Miami definitely coming out of the East. You have a team coming out of the north that is not Pittsburgh. It's either going to be Baltimore or Cincinnati. You've got the Titans. you got the Chiefs. And that's going to leave two more playoff spots, right? That's five teams. We've got seven playoff teams. You've got the Jets, the Pats, the loser of Bengals, Ravens, and the Chargers. Those are the teams that are going to be fighting for those four spots. You are in a different category right now. You are in the, hey, we're better than the other non-playoff teams. That's what race you're in. Pittsburgh ain't playing for anything incredible right now. Atlanta can still win this division. I don't think that they will, and I don't think that they should, but they still can. They're fighting for something. This game's in Atlanta. I think Atlanta's going to be able to do the, the job necessary to beat Pittsburgh. I'm taking Atlanta here. I hate myself. We'll see how it goes. Denver, Baltimore, as I've already told you, I am not betting Denver again this year, although I might bet them on the spread because it is Baltimore minus eight. <sighs> Baltimore hasn't shown me that they can score a whole lot, and Denver's still going to give me 16. <laughs> They're not going to give me 20, but they'll give me 16. Um, Yeah. L- looking at this one, I mean... I'd really like to see the Ravens break this thing open, but I just don't. And I think Denver is the smart play here as far as the betting line, because Denver has kept most of their games very close. Baltimore's really not that much better. I mean, I mean they are than Denver, but they're not going to outscore them by that much. It's just not going to happen. Green Bay, Chicago, this one's tough. Um, it appears that this will be Jordan Love starting for the Packers. And I still don't know for sure if Justin Fields is playing or not. That's kind of a big key here because I've got this at Packers minus four and I am leaning Chicago's way because if Justin Fields plays. I think that they are simply that much better than the Packers. But if he doesn't, I, I feel like it's a Packers win. I mean, that's that's really where I am with this. It's, it's a matter of does Justin Fields play if he does Chicago, if he doesn't Packers, That's simple. Jacksonville, Detroit. Jacksonville's minus one. I don't understand this one. This game's being played in Detroit. Detroit had won three straight and then just lost by a field goal to Buffalo. Why the fuck is Jacksonville favored here? Because they just beat Baltimore? I mean, oh, no. This, by the way, is a uh, one of the fun look back games where as of like week two, you could look ahead to and go wow this is going to be a blast because both offenses were like crazy throwing up 35 points a game and now it's like ah eh, well yeah it's just Detroit and Jacksonville but it is more fun than your typical Detroit Jacksonville game i think detroit's going to win this and honestly i i wouldn't be shocked if it's a two score game i think detroit's going to probably have this be close i think it'll be something along the lines of like 27 23 but man <laughs> I I am not understanding how Jacksonville got favored here in Detroit. It's in Detroit. This was actually my favorite pick of the week, believe it or not. I saw the spread on this, and I said, you got to be shitting me. Now, one thing I was saying after that game on Thanksgiving is everybody is lucky as shit in the NFC that Detroit had the terrible start that they had. I don't want to see Detroit on my schedule, and luckily Seattle already played them. I don't got to worry about that shit. There are teams that are going to be seeing Detroit on their schedule going, oh, yeah, we can mark that as a win. (laughs) I'm not saying Detroit's now one of the top-tier teams in the league, but I'm telling you that that team is not somebody you want to play if you're vying for a playoff spot right now. If you're fucking around trying to get better playoff positioning, you don't want to see Detroit. I know it sounds like an empty threat. I'm telling you it's not. This team is going to do some damage. Uh, I don't understand this spread. I'm taking Detroit there. We got the, the the return of Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans, the team that Deshaun has parted ways with. Look, people are going to talk about it. I honestly don't have much of a care for this game. Um, it, fuck, I don't even know. Who's, I, I guess I lean Cleveland's way just because they have a very nice running attack with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The only thing that I have thought about here, because Deshaun Watson – is not going to look great. He's going to be coming back in here. He's going to have a lot of rust. He hasn't played football in a very long time. Don't don't even pretend like the preseason mattered here. It's been a long time since Deshaun Watson's played in an NFL regular season game. The Texans, they've been playing, and they're going to utilize whatever they can as a revenge game, even though, let's be honest, this was at the end of it a mutual parting of ways. And this isn't really, this wasn't like Russ leaving Seattle. It's not like that. This one's different because the team at one point, even though Deshaun Watson had already wanted out, the team wasn't willing to grant that. And then some shit went down and the team's like, yeah, yeah, never mind. We don't want you. So it's not really the same type of revenge, but believe me when I tell you the Houston coaching staff is amping their players up, telling them it's a revenge game. I could see Houston, who only has one win on the season, picking up a second win just out of emotion and out of really fake spite. Um, I could see it, but I'm leaning Cleveland just based on a run game. And Cleveland does have a pretty damn good defense too. And just keep in mind, Miles Garrett. Fuck, that dude is scary. Jets-Vikings. Um... I don't really. I I guess I would lean Minnesota on the spread here at minus three, but this this one's tough. And Minnesota, keep in mind, I believe somewhat in a law of averages where Minnesota right now, they, I mean, they have a very good record. They're eight and two, and I don't feel like they've played like an eight and two football team. That leaves you open to being susceptible to having some losses that maybe yeah. You're better than that team, but you're not going to win this week. And I could see that happening. I mean, the Jets right now, they're they they are going to be playing with everything they got because all they want to do is get one of them damn playoff spots. I could see a world in which the Jets do win this game. I lean Minnesota here. But believe me, I'll be rooting for the Jets on, on behalf of Zach and Hector here with breaking down the tape. I want to see their boys get to the playoffs. So I will be massively rooting for the Jets while not expecting it to happen. Washington and the Giants. This is another one. Washington on the road here, favored two and a half points, taking the Giants. As far as I'm concerned, these teams are roughly equal. But you have the the road team favored. I I don't get what Vegas is doing there with making that spread. I'm leaning Giants here. Uh, granted, I still don't feel like the Giants are one of these kind of teams that is going to be any type of actual playoff threat. I, I mean, they're a threat to get to the playoffs. They're not going to be a threat to teams like San Francisco, Philadelphia, Dallas, probably even Minnesota. I don't think the Giants are anything in that kind of league. But Washington at home. Yeah. Yeah. Giant. Giant should win that. So I'm I'm taking the giants there. Um, I, I don't really know what to expect from that game because I mean, the quarterback play can waver on both sides. I, you know, granted Daniel Jones has done a lot better of a job of protecting the ball this year, but you still see him throw some passes here and there. That's like, dude, what, what, what was that? What are you doing? Taylor Heineke. I think this is one of those massive overachieving moments, which he's prone to do. It's kind of like Ryan Fitzpatrick. He comes out there, he balls on you for like four weeks, and then all of a sudden it's three touchdowns, three picks. I mean, that's that's kind of the Heineke experience, just maybe not 400 yards and three touchdowns every time. Maybe it's more like he'll ball on you and throw up like 275 yards and two touchdowns. <laughs> it's like Fitzpatrick zero <laughs> if we made him into a soft drink. Uh, Tennessee, Philadelphia. Philly's minus five here. Judging by how Philly has played recently, I would venture to take Tennessee on the spread here, thinking that this would probably be a closer game. Um, also, Philly still just has that one loss, and I, I could see them losing. I, I don't feel like Philly's a 16 and one kind of team. I could see them dropping games like this, but I lean Philly to win. I think that they're going to keep it going, I, but I do think this is going to be a close game. The spread's tough here because it really a game when it's three points, four points, six points, it kind of all feels like the same. <laughs> so I think it's going to feel like that. I just don't know in what realm. I don't know if it's three, four, five, six. It's going to be something along the lines of a one-score game. Seattle so with the Rams, uh, this one – God, Seattle better win this game. It's Seattle minus eight on the spread. I, um, I've um, i kind of learned to not like Seattle as a big favorite just because really ever since they brought in Russell Wilson, they've won every one of their goddamn games by a field goal. It's just how the Seahawks play. And uh, it's kind of continued with Geno. We haven't really been blowing anybody out. We did it to the Giants, Chargers, Chargers, and Cardinals as far as winning by multiple scores. I can't think of anybody else we did it to. We had to beat Detroit 48-45. to (laughs) Telling you, you got to bury Detroit when you play them. Uh, I hope the Seahawks cover. I think they should, especially considering that it looks like it's probably going to be whoever that guy that's been playing quarterback for the last week and a half is. I think it's him again. Seattle should win this game handily. God forbid they don't. I I will be a different human next week if they lose this game. Game that I might be the most uh, the next two that I'm going to talk about are the games I'm most excited about this week. Miami at San Francisco. Whew, this one's a real shot here. It's uh so it's San Francisco minus four. What I'm looking at here. We have what looks to be the best defense in the NFL in the San Francisco 49ers against what I would venture to say is a top three offense in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. I think you can, in no particular order, say Kansas City, Miami, and Buffalo would all be in this conversation. Buffalo has been waning a little bit recently, so you could even make the argument top two. If you want to throw teams like Cincinnati in there, fine. I wouldn't but that's fair. I understand. Uh, Miami's really good. And as far as I'm concerned, there are so many people right now telling me that San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. And I I'm not there yet. I, I think San Francisco might be the third best team in the NFC myself. I still think that Philly and Dallas are better, Um, but Hey, we have playoff games to see what really happens. So I, you know, Hold on to whatever belief you want. That's fine. I'll hold on to mine and we'll see who's right. Miami, I think, is a real championship contending team, and I don't think San Francisco is. That's not to say that San Francisco can't win this game. Does not mean that. This game's being played in San Francisco. San Francisco appears to be on a really hot curve right now. I think, uh, God, if Armstead stays out here this week too, that's going to hurt. We also have the coaching matchup, Kyle Shanahan against Mike McDaniel, the understudy against the master. Look, I don't want to hear about what coach has what advantage over the other because of X amount of time that they play or that they coach together. Uh, don't they, they throw all that shit out. It's two guys that coach very similarly. And they're playing against each other. All right. Just leave it at that. The players on the field, that's going to be a real difference maker here, right? Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle is not something that any San Francisco 49er team has had throughout the entirety of Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, or otherwise any iteration did not have those two guys. What Miami's doing on offense, it's not dead ass. The Kyle Shanahan scheme. It's different because you have two of the fastest, like five guys at the position, both on your team. They do shit a little bit different than it was done in San Francisco. They cater to that. They say, hey, you know what? I know where I can get offense. I can throw it to the guy that's faster than all the other fast guys. And they have two of them. And then they have one in their backfield. I think San Fran's going to do a good job of making this game difficult on Miami to really move the ball well. Fred Warner might be the best linebacker in the NFL right now. They probably, actually, I would say that they do, in my opinion, have the best defensive line in football. I think all in all, their front seven is the best in football. Those ain't the guys that are covering against Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, though. The secondary is good. I'm not taking anything away from the secondary, but it's it's not as good as the front seven is. I think that you're going to see those guys get some space, and it only takes Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle two, two and a half seconds to get that space. Tua knows when to throw the ball to these guys. yeah. I think Shanahan's going to have a good scheme in place to have sneaky-ass linebackers waiting around, maybe catching a pick here and there. This is probably going to be a game where Tua throws his first interception since his concussion. By the way, if you didn't realize that, Tua hasn't thrown a pick since he came back from his concussion. <laughs> the guy's been the most efficient quarterback in the NFL. And honestly, I this is why I don't think San Fran is a championship-contending team. They don't score a lot of points. It just doesn't happen. Yeah, we got to see Jimmy throw four touchdowns a few weeks back. Act like that shit's going to happen again this year. That was, that was his one. It ain't going to happen. I think that Miami's going to win this game. I really do. And I could be wrong. I think Miami's better. And I think they're going to prove it. I'm, I'm so excited for that game. <laughs> and then... Kansas City-Cincinnati, the rematch of the AFC Championship game. Holy shit, am I excited for this one. Look, you can tell me Cincinnati's at home. You can tell me Jamar Chase is coming back. Hell, you can tell me that Cincinnati is getting hot at the right time. You can tell me all these things. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Kansas City lost to him in the AFC Championship game last year. You think they're coming in here and just playing patty cake with these boys? No, 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 no. Joe Mixon's questionable, by the way. That's going to suck if they can't run the ball. Jamar Chase hasn't played football in a pretty long time. Going to suck if he has a little rust to shake off. Kansas City is coming to take over. They're coming to, to prove. Last year was a fluke. Kansas City's a better team, and frankly, I don't even think it's that close. I think the Kansas City's going to win this game. It's Kansas City by two and a half. Look, this might be a six-point game. This might be a six-point game, and it's Joe Burrow driving down the field with thirty seconds to go. I like the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. Keep in mind, if Joe Burrow does score with those thirty seconds left, then you left too much time for Mahomes. I can't wait to watch that game, man. Yeah, you know this one sucks too. I'm working overnight on Sunday and I'm trying to figure out like my best schedule for when to go to bed because I'm like, okay, I know I gotta wake up like I normally would on Sunday because I'm getting a dryer installed on Sunday. So I gotta be awake and I gotta be up until that guy shows up. Then at some point, I know I have to get some extra sleep because I'm gonna be up until beyond five in the morning. Sunday night into Monday. How does one go about doing that on a football Sunday? So 1 o'clock, good games, 4 o'clock, good games. I'm not sure what the hell to do. Um, I'm going to do everything in my power to not just stay up from like, oh, shit, you know what? It wouldn't be quite 24 hours. If if I wake up Sunday at 9 a.m. and I go to bed Monday morning at 7 a.m., I could do that straight. I could do that straight. I might do that straight. Just give up no football. Maybe somewhere I take like a like an hour nap. Maybe I'll do it like right when the four o'clock games start. Maybe, maybe that's my go-to. I still haven't mapped this one out, which I probably should because it's Friday at 8 p.m. I'm running out of time. I need I need to see as much of this shit as I can. We're going to move over to, to the Chargers at the Raiders. Um, Look, man, the Chargers can't take this one too lightly. They shouldn't be because it's a uh, divisional game, and typically speaking, divisional matchups tend to be very close games, regardless if, if one team is significantly better than the other or not. But, look, I, I know I can sound bitter about this because the Raiders just beat my Seahawks, I think you might want to look out for the Raiders right now. They've been playing a lot better um, since we had the Derek Carr breakdown. And not that I think that, I mean, obviously they're not going to be a playoff team, but I wouldn't be shocked to see this team surge towards the end of the year with some real firepower. And the Chargers have been very lackluster in games that aren't against the Chiefs. It's the weirdest thing to say, (laughs) but unless they were playing the Chiefs, they just don't look that great. Even that game against the Niners where they had a close loss, they didn't look very good. And granted at that time, they didn't have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams in the lineup and Gerald Everett got hurt in the first quarter. (sighs) I, I lean the Chargers here. It's Chargers minus two. I think you take the Chargers. That's the safe bet. I don't. I wouldn't want to touch that game, though. I'm going to be honest. I don't like that game. We got for Sunday night football the Colts at the Cowboys. It's Cowboys minus 11. Um, I'd say pound the Cowboys here. Like to just jack up that spread. Frankly, I think it was somewhat of a somewhat of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a falsehood to extents, what we saw with the Colts with the beginning of the Jeff Saturday experience. Look, they're, they're not going to be this team that all of a sudden starts winning games with the same guys they just had under Frank Reich. I mean, it's... No. <laughs> Matty Ice. Okay. Yeah. Matty Ice is cold. Cold as shit. Cold as ice. It, it's, it's not been very good over there. I don't think that... They had anything beyond just an emotional breakthrough for two weeks where they were able to really play well against whoever they beat the first game because, frankly, it all matter or remember. And the second game was against the Eagles. Hey, congrats. You stayed close there. You were up late. You lost. And the third week now, they have lost the Steelers. So they're coming back to being the team that they truly are. And I think Dallas is about to wreck their shit. We go to Monday Night Football, New Orleans Saints at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It is the Bucks minus three and a half, and that is probably about the perfect spread because I do think that Tampa wins this game. If three and a half was a possible actual point differential that you could have in a game, I would say that that would probably be it. I would say that this would be the Bucks winning 23 and a half to 20. I feel like that's what this game looks like. I don't know how that half point gets scored, but I'll tell you what, at the three and a half point spread, Go ahead and see if you can pick the spread to be the number. I know you can do it when it's like, uh, when it's three or four. You can say, I think it's going to be exactly that. And you can bet that. Uh, in this case, I think you should still do that. And you should have this game at Bucks 23 and a half and the Saints at 20. And the over under on this is 40. So you can safely take the over. Uh, Andy Dalton has oddly been incredibly efficient unless he's playing against the Niners defense, which, um, Well, you only had to do that once Uh, Tampa Tampa's defense looked very strong early in the season and has since become a little bit more mediocre. I'd still say it's an above average defense, but not a massive bit above average. And I mean, Brady looks good, but it, I mean, it's coming from a plethora of Mike Evans gets four catches and Godwin gets seven and, Cameron Brake gets 46 catches for 42 yards and it it's just, it's just been kind of ugly. Uh, you know, I really don't want this to be Brady's last year. I want to see him have something of success for his last season of the NFL. And additionally, I really just don't want Brady to ever leave football. Like I want him to be playing quarterback for at least another 10 years. Um I really want to see him play till fifty. Like, that would be so cool. I I definitely don't want this to be the end. I don't want it to be this team that can barely maintain five hundred. It might still get in as the division winner of the NFC South, but it's it's really like undeserving. I just don't want to see it. But that game, I mean, okay, <laughs> it's I, I really just want to see Tampa wake up. I've only seen them play well like twice this year. I saw them play really well against the Chiefs when they lost. And granted, I think they lost that game by 10. But they looked really good in that game. And they they beat up on my Seahawks pretty good. I thought they looked really good against Seattle. I thought that was going to be it. They beat Seattle and Germany. They got to have a bye week. I thought they'd come back and smoke up on Cleveland. I thought that game was going to be like 24-13. Yeah, it kind of was, just the opposite way. It, uh, It's just disappointing. Anyway, that about does it? Let's finish up this beer. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have made it an hour and three minutes, and I haven't shit myself, so that's a win. I'm still, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm still terrified. I'm not exactly sure what to expect for the remainder of my night. I'm going to go upstairs and play Madden. Oh, guys! I don't know if I even told you this. Black Friday? Yeah, you know what? I don't think I have because I haven't been on since Thanksgiving. Black Friday. I go and I I just check out. I'm like, you know what? Let me get a new FIFA game for my for my PS4 here. Support the support the US here. Let's just let's get a FIFA. Let's see if I can get one that's like three years old for cheap. And I'm looking through, and I'm like, eh. Even those are like forty bucks. I don't want to spend forty bucks. And I just happened to look over Madden and I'm like, "Ah, I wonder if it's dropped at all, because not thinking it's Black Friday, just thinking, oh, it's halfway through the season. Black Friday sale, 50% off. How about that? I'm going to go ahead and buy that NBA 55% off. I'm going to go ahead and buy that. So I got Madden 23 and NBA 2K23, which just finished downloading last night. I bought this shit on Black Friday. It took till yesterday for me to have all the updates and everything downloaded for NBA. I am ecstatic to play NBA, but I think I need to wait for a full day off to play it because I get so hooked when I play NBA games. I get into my player and I disappear from the earth. Uh, You will not find me for the entirety of the day. So what I'm planning to do is spend Monday just playing the shit out of 2K. But I'm going to go upstairs and continue my Madden franchise where already over the course of about five days, I have played enough games. First off, I played games outside of franchise mode before I even started franchise mode because I wanted to make sure I was ready for franchise mode so I didn't just come into franchise mode and end up being like one in five and having to battle back from that shit. I have an 11-1 Seahawk team upstairs who is getting ready to face Carolina because I'm one week ahead. I've already played this Rams game that's happening. Seahawks win, and it was, I think, like 24-6 to six or something like that. Like, I kind of wrecked the shit out of them. And that was with Stafford and Cup. So I can't wait to see what I do to Carolina. All right, guys. Until next week, this has been Nobody is Shitties.